With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 109th official episode. Today, we have Ian and Blake Buchanan joining us on the podcast. We're really excited to have them both. Um, Ian, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little about what you uh, what you know what you're doing here and, and how you know Blake. Yeah, um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name is Ian Debose, uh, former uh, collegiate basketball player. I did one four years, played at Houston Baptist, formerly known Houston Christian. Now that I uh, transferred and played at Wake Forest with my guy Blake Buchanan. Uh, currently playing overseas basketball. Um, I've played in three different countries, um, and right now I'm currently playing in Denmark. So yeah. And I know Blake who played with teammates at Wake Forest in uh, twenty in the year 2020. So that was my guy. And I've known him since probably uh, 2016 in high school. So I've known him for a while. But, yeah, there you go. Hell, yeah. So let, let's start off by you mentioned knowing Blake since high school. Uh, you guys yeah. are both Durham, North Carolina guys, and, and I'm a Duke yeah. student. So we got that connection going through all three of us. So tell us a little about you, you mentioned uh, knowing Blake from high school. Were you guys rivals back in the day? I know you went to Ravencroft. Um, yeah, Blake was at Voyager. Did you guys play oh. back in back in high school? Okay, so that's funny. It turned into what I like to call a little robbery, um, mm-hmm. because the we never they because we we're Ravenscroft located in Raleigh and uh, Voyagers in Durham. Even though I'm from Durham, I, I went to school in Raleigh, but um, we played them my junior and senior year, and my junior year they kicked my butt. They kicked our butt, and that was actually on my birthday. It was one of the. It was very sad. They they we they whooped us. <laughs> I don't know if they stormed the court, but the fans were loud, rowdy. They had uh, I know Blake's probably mentioned maybe he played with Jay Huff. Jay was mm. a superstar. Jay was a force to reckon with. So we Initial played Initial guest on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you guys talked to Jay. So you guys know Jay. Mm-hmm. Jay gave yeah. us real problems. But um, but I, I really known him. I've seen him in the AAU even before that, but that's when I really it's like, okay, who's that Buchanan kid? And then we played there. And then the next year we got our uh, we got our revenge twice. I don't think it was too pretty if Blake remembers it at the high school no, that's tournament. Pretty at all. Yeah, the high school <laughs> tea tournament, uh, at the Christmas tournament, we played them again, and we got a we got our got our get back, and so uh, we played against each other a lot. But like for some reason, our fan bases, like their fans, their student section, our student section, like whenever that game showed up, like people showed out, and so it was always good games for sure. Oh yeah, Bro. yeah. You know that one game was a lot better than the last few for me, but no, I've known like I was, I, I played against Ian throughout high school. Um, and he just was always like this Jack dude who could yeah. move and was shifty still like six, three, six, four. Um, and I played against, so I didn't really like, we didn't like know each other too well in high school. No. We just played against each other. And, then, but when we played Houston Baptist my freshman year, and this is the only time we're going to talk about this game. Before the game, they interviewed me and asked me about Ian. And I was this like, crazy. I mean, he's really good. Like, he could do it just about anything. Like, he's like a linebacker on uh, on the uh, floor, but with, you know, quarterback vision. Um, so, like, I definitely, like, we, we crossed paths. Um, yeah. But when he committed to Wake, 
it was over over quarantine and we're like well shoot this is kind of like a lucky deal where we're in the same town right. like let's hang out get to know each other before we come to wake um and one thing i don't know if you guys know about me is I, i'm like pretty good at ping pong um <laughs> probably like something i've spent too much time working on but it's like it's kind of a calling card for me <laughs> and i went over to ian's house and his dad whooped Whoa. my ass in ping pong yeah again and again and again and yeah. from there i knew he came from a great line of athletes <laughs> and uh i was wow. you know able to play with them at wake after yeah that. my uh my dad is a he's very highly competitive at ping pong like he plays a lot so like if, you, if like when people tell me like they're good at ping pong i'm like Okay, we'll, we'll see. I, I I don't have those same genetics. I guess they went to basketball. I don't know, but he he can play ping pong really well. It's really crazy. Loki, I was up. thinking. I was thinking. Uh, as far as hand eye coordination sports go, I like. I think basketball and ping pong are up there. I was having this conversation with my friend here because we were saying which sport yeah. makes someone a good spike ball player. Because no one like yeah. really, like practicing spike balls. Like which kids yeah. are good at spike ball, and it's. We, we were thinking basketball kids and ping pong kids. Yeah, because you have to move in both. Like, even though, like, at a low level, you play, like, ping pong, you don't think you move your feet. But, like, really, like, yeah. I watch them play. Like, they're moving. They have to see it. Like, they have to time it. <laughs> like, same with basketball. You have to move and have good hand coordination at the same time. So, it's crazy. But I also want to bring up, Blake, I don't know if you know, man. When you guys beat us. So, it's a couple things, man. In high school, you guys beat us. That was on my birthday. Like, when we were boys, when you guys first beat us. So, I'd never forget that game. And then – when I actually saw that interview, they interviewed before we played you guys. Uh, when I was at Houston Baptist, we played you guys at Wake. I saw that interview, and you were the most respectful. Like you didn't say anything bad, but for some reason, I took it. I was like, "It's fuel to the fire." I was like, "He didn't say enough good stuff. Like he didn't compliment me enough. He was just like, he's a good player." I'm like, "I'm a great he, he player." Said, he said nice things to me. He doesn't fear me enough. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of crazy. I was like, I actually, my coach showed me that interview. He was like, "You know this kid?" I was like, "What?" Oh, he didn't say anything bad, but it's not good enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Wow. If you if so, he had said something bad, that would have been the start of your villain arc. Oh yeah, literally. <laughs> I don't know if we'd be friends to this day. No, it's fine. Blake's nah, a great guy, nah. man. <laughs> well, would have been an awkward roommate situation. Yeah. <laughs> tell us a little about you started to mention there, Houston Baptist. Uh yeah. tell us a little about how you ended up there. Um D1 yeah. school is part of the Southland Conference, but obviously Houston's a long yeah. way from Durham. Um, tell us a little about it. Yeah. Uh, man, the high school recruiting process is crazy. And I think it's gotten even crazier since like the transfer rules and everything nowadays. But like for me coming out, I, I, my main goals and going to institution was like, I wanted to go to a place where I earned a scholarship. I want to go to a good school and I want to go to a place where I felt like valued and I had opportunities to like have an impact, you know, because like a lot of coaches will tell you, make promises to you and you have to really be logistic and be realistic. Like you look at the roster, they have five shooting guards. You can't just let's say like, oh man, I'm going to be the best mm-hmm. shooting guard off the bat. You know, you have to go to a place where they need you, they want you, and they're like, you fit what they do really well. And so, I mean, Houston Baptist kind of work out being that fit. Um, it's a smaller school, um, and it, but it's in a great city. It's a great community, great people there, and, I, and they really recruited me really hard since my sophomore year. And so, going into it, I actually ended up committing early my senior year. I, I my senior year, I played really well. I sparked a lot of interest from other mid majors all across like the country and in North Carolina. But I just stuck with Houston Baptist because they had been wrong me since my sophomore year and they had a role for me, like a distinct role. And honestly, like looking at my stats, looking at my time there, I had the opportunity to grow as a player and as a person. And it kind of all worked out for me. You know, we had our ups and downs. But for me, I grew a lot. I had an opportunity to really flourish. And I, I love the coach. I love the play style. You know, we, we play really fast. 
score a lot of points, and uh, that's my favorite part. So I love scoring. So we had the opportunity to do that, and so it's kind of how I ended up there. But like during my time in Houston, I had a great time. I love the city. It's a vibrant city, super diverse. A lot of different schools down there. It's a big sports town. I was there when the Astros won. I was there yeah. when when, uh, when when Russell Westbrook was a problem, and him and Harden had ice games <laughs> all the time. So I loved it, man. And so and, I, and then my school was like ten minutes from downtown, so I got to be really a part of all that. So. Houston, uh, Houston Christian now, which they changed names, kind of crazy. But it's a great school, and then that's kind of how I ended up there, just going through that process of just finding that good fit. And um, and it just ended up being a good fit for me personally, growing and uh, becoming a better player each and every year, you know, kind of grow, growing into that um, scoring guard. We're not Astros fans in this podcast. We're two New York City kids. Go Yankees, but for now, go Phillies. Go if, Phillies. If the Astros win another World Series – that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for a couple of Yankees fans. Look, man, you guys don't know how you guys don't know how uh, big this podcast is to me, man. The Eagles are about to play in like thirty minutes. <laughs> you know, I'll just check I'll check the score after the game, man. That that's my team, and my uh, my dad's from Philly, so that's all I hear is I get updates on the score all the time. So <laughs> they having a heck of the a year. Fight is... That that's funny, bro. Um, yeah. I've, I've I've been to Houston once because I uh I was went to Rice University. Houston's a, mm-hmm. a really cool place. I like yeah. the, the one meal I had there was like amazing. Oh, that's the problem. Food is amazing down there. You get like <laughs> any type of food you like, like from Italian to like Tex-Mex to like just burgers or just everything's bigger and just super tasty down there. I'm not I had to watch my weight. Seriously, when I was in Houston, it was really good food. <laughs> you mentioned the stats that you put up at, at Houston yeah. Baptist. And so like for, for the, for the audience, it doesn't feel like looking it up. 1974 in your senior year. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds like to me, you, you mentioned having a great senior year of high school, getting some interest from other places uh, besides yeah. Houston Baptist. You stuck there. Sounds like your junior year at Houston Baptist, also a big year for you, sort of yeah. gaining interest from from other places. And that's eventually how you ended up at Wake, transferred yeah. there and spent one year playing with Blake there. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about how you ended up at Wake and your decision-making process to switch over there. Oh, man, that process was crazy. Um, coming out of high school, you know, I had probably I, – before I committed, I probably had, like, five offers, like, legitimate. Like, I can go to different places. and um, But by the time, like, I was – after my junior year, I probably had, like – I don't even know. But I had so many schools contacting me from, like, other ACC schools, NC State to, like, USC, Southern California, like, all these different schools calling me. So it was a lot to, like – process and take in because when you're a high score at the division one rank you know that's just that's not mm. that's rare you know and so no, no matter where you're from if it's d1 and like at houston baptist we had opportunity to play so many schools like i played michigan i played michigan state with miles bridges i played arizona i played like I, so i played against all these guys and i put up numbers versus them so kind of the schools and the schools i played against, I played against way fours when i'm houston baptist and so playing against those like quality high level players and putting up numbers you know got a lot of attention and so it was a tough process, you know. It was a lot of attention, a lot of um, I got a lot of interest, which was nice, you know. You like you feel like all your hard work is kind of being like, appreciated, and all the, like the the numbers and your resume and basketball is your stats, your resume that you put out there is like people are like, okay, like we take it serious. So it was really um, really humbling and really cool to have all that exposure. It was like the first day my name went in the portal, like my phone was ridiculous, like calls, 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 text, 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 and it's just like, hey, I'm so and so from Georgia. Hey, I'm this is from um. Northwestern and so for me I mean how I ended up at Wake it was just 
I mean, I knew Wake. I was familiar. I'm from North Carolina, you know, so I know about all the schools in the state. I know about all the schools in the ACC. I've watched them my whole life. Literally used to go to tickets, Wake versus Duke basketball games. Like, I have the tickets in my room, and it was kind of surreal to, like, see it, see that. And, like, now I'm in that game. When I was at Wake, I was like, now I'm playing in that game. And it was kind of crazy. So, yeah. but for me, I, I wanted to play in the ACC because I love the ACC. Like, I, I mean, that's I think it's the best basketball league still. I mean, the Big 12 has been up there. I have a teammate out here who played in the Big 12, but we have this conversation all the time, back and forth, AC Big 12, which is a better basketball conference. But, I mean, but, like, the AC is, like, always been, like, one of my goals. And then, like, just knowing what Wake needed with the uh, guard situation and players and what the school is all about. It's a great university. Like, even if I don't play a second of basketball there, you know, I have an opportunity to get a degree from Wake Forest. Like, that's big, you know what I'm saying? With Duke, it's like, that's a big, a big accomplishment. So, like, Looking at that aspect, because in my family, that's huge for us. Like, because for me, basketball, you know, you never know when it's going to end. So just taking everything and like it's a wholesome view. It's like, okay, like if it works basketball wise, academic wise, and then location, it's in North Carolina, which I think is the best state. <sighs> oh, just a little bit under Texas, but North Carolina is up there <laughs> in my favorite states. Um, but yeah, and so I just ended up going there. I had a good relationship with the coaching staff. Both coaching staffs that I was uh, associated with, uh, which is kind of crazy, uh, worked out. And then I ended up just deciding to go awake. It was the best fit for me, basketball-wise and uh, off the court, too. Georgetown offered you, right? Yeah, they did, man. Uh, Patrick Ewan left a uh, voice call on my mom's phone. It's really crazy. That was, like, the only coach that called my mom. Everybody else called my dad and everything. And, um, yeah, so I, I, they offered me. And I was they I was on, like, the Hoya, like, Hoya uh, forms things. Like, I was about to go there and I uh, I was seriously considering them. Um, at that time, it was kind of crazy, man. The, the roster wasn't put together yet. So it was kind of like yeah, when I committed there, it was like three three players on scholarship. I'm like, oh, Yeah, bro, we, we, we just we brought in – I think we just brought in eight transfers this – Yeah, it was crazy at the like, time, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, like eight to ten, I think. And, and uh, as a player, like, you kind of don't know what you're going to get, man. Because, like, I mean, of course, yeah. you want to come with other guys, but it's like – uh, these guys don't know it. I don't know it. Yeah, like, all figured out. Like, got an established role. So I kind of went to a place like had a little bit more of a stable situation. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So I Wake was kind of my spot. I mean, I feel like the the hardest two schools that were like Arkansas were pretty really hard, but they recruit a lot of transfers. So that was one thing. Had to be, I had to be like really like that that analogy I gave earlier about schools with five shooting guards. You know, yeah. Arkansas has a lot of guards, a lot of really talented players. So it's like you go there it's going to be a lot of competition, but they're in a winning situation. So it's like, okay, I want to be a part of that, but you got to say, is that where I really want Is that where I want to be? Is that what I'm looking for? So that was one thing I had a question. And then NC state was another one in state. I had a relationship with Keith before um, my senior year, but when he was at UNCW, so I kind of knew him and when he called me, we had a little familiarity before and, um, but yeah, but Wake ended up being my spot. Sure. Got you. Dude, that's crazy. That, like, the idea of yeah. like Patrick Ewing like leaving a voicemail like I, so I was insane like, it's yeah. insane yeah like this is like yeah. all these people you see on TV and like the big names is like now they're calling you like they want my like what do what do you want my attention like, why do you want to talk to me you know? <laughs> yeah for, for, for the school newspaper I got to ask him a question like three days ago I was like yeah. I was like shaking yeah I was saying, it's still Patrick Ewing like NBA yeah. legend like you know what I mean yeah wow I, and somewhere in there you mentioned um the Wake Forest degree and how important that was to you and your family. Can you talk a little bit about the like balance of thriving academically as well as on the court and in basketball? Cause I know um, Connor found that that you were Southland conference men's basketball student athlete of the year uh, with a 3.84 GPA. So um, 
tell us about what it's like balancing basketball, um, the, the, your 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 academics, and then your social life and, and getting sleep and all that off the court. Yeah. And, and what advice you would have for kids who are going through the same sort of life yeah. balance? I mean, I think the biggest thing is balance. That's the that's the best. Uh, th- that's the biggest word because you have to find what that balance is, and that balance looks different for everyone. You know, some people are more social; they need that social interaction, where other people can just be like, "Hey, man, I need to just lock in on books and basketball and things things of that nature." So, I mean, for me, it was just it was always ingrained coming from Ravenscroft. Like it was school, 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 and then it was sports, 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 and and so that's kind of how I knew things, and um, and that's my family. You know, I, I always had a I always took pride in my academics. Unfortunately, like I was, um, it came pretty natural for me just learning and studying. And uh, I learned a lot of good techniques for studying. And so I just kind of kept incorporating those and took that to the university with me. And um, I think the biggest thing for me as an athlete, I mean, I don't know, like, but summer school, I try to take so much advantage of that because you have way more time than in the semester. So like most of my hard classes in college, like I would really try my best. If I could get in the summer course, like, it's, I mean, it, it sucks because it's the summer, but it's like, I'd rather take this course now than have to take it when I'm traveling from, I got to be in Winston-Salem, then I got to be in South Bend, you know, or like, or not South Bend, it's, yeah, South Bend, yeah. Indiana, you never know, like, um, so, so I, that was the one thing, but I think the balance is huge, and is you have to stay focused on what your goal is, you know, so just remind yourself, you know, you, you're here for, you're here for whatever, if your goal is to play basketball, you know, in order to play basketball, you have to get good enough grades you know and so whatever that looks like because like school doesn't come natural to everybody and everybody's in the best of school but you have to use it as a tool you know because you're there and, and you never know when the ball stops bouncing i played with so many guys who were able to finish their career and that was it the guys who weren't even able to finish their career but they now they just became a full-time student so having that perspective on knowing that okay like i have to stay focused on First school because that that that's going to continue regardless. If you can be able to get a free opportunity to like get education, that's a blessing and that's like a that's something that's really like a once in a lifetime thing because like a lot of people don't get an opportunity. So I was very fortunate for that. Like I never took that for granted out of the whole process. Like no matter how many hard workouts or how many extra gym hours I would go, like it's like I got to make sure my stuff done or I get it done in time. You know, I think like I had to like coming to Wake Forest, there's so many resources, so many different people that helped us with academics and different things. And like any, any outlet you needed, like it was there. And I think that was very encouraging to see. So I, and that my two things, just find your balance. And then if you have like, ask for help, like if you need help, find the balance, you need help with the class. Like don't, don't just internalize things and saying like, cause like I got, I had, I finished school with a good GPA, but it's just like, I wasn't the best at every subject. You know, I went and got tutored. I went and got help. And that's how I had my success. You know, I think a lot of guys have like the internal pride about like, oh man, like I don't need help. Dude, I don't, I don't know American history perfectly. So it's like, let me go, let me ask for assistance. And so I think that's a big thing. So just finding that balance and then like using all the resources that you can get your hands on. Cause that's like, at the end of the day, it's there for you. And like, when you take the test, you take it, but like, you having tutoring sessions and hours is more beneficial than you just not doing anything, you know, and just trying to struggle through it. But that'd be my advice for sure. I don't know how I would have got through Spanish at Wake without Tati Alarcon, my favorite tutor. She was Dude, the best. Fan, right? I, for two of my three Spanish classes, she was amazing. Dude. And I, I think, help. Like, like use the resources. Exactly. Like, like it's weird because like, playing with guys, like talking to guys, like you have tutors and they're trying to help you and they're like, I don't want their help. It's like, no, use it like it's there for you to be successful like and as an athlete you have that luxury and even like uh, normal students there are like opportunities on campus for like help like, go to the math center like 
Yeah, maximize it because why not? Like, I don't know. But that, that that would be my best advice. And just find the balance and whatever your main focus is, keep that at forefront, you know? But for me, I would say I'm a social guy. So, like, I had I had to have outlets, you know, meet people, talk to people, get in communities, go to groups, go to events. Like, that's a part of who I am and how I do things. And so if you need that, like, find time for that, find a space for that, especially at college and school, you have so many opportunities to meet people. And I think that's a great part of it, really. Yeah. Ian, Sunday and I would go out to the quad and oh, throw yeah. the football and then just push Ian into a social circle and let him get, get, get something going. <laughs> yeah, I just go talk to random people. But, I mean, everybody was cool. Like, Wake is really – I feel like it's a tight-knit community, man. It was a good community of people. I mean, coming from a similar but smaller net community of people at Houston Baptist, coming to Wake, I didn't know what to expect. But it was uh, – people were like, very friendly, welcoming. Even through and post-COVID, it was pretty nice to meet people, though. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing about the about the academics and, and, and that balance. That's big time yeah. for – I think hopefully as, as – we build an audience for 94 feet hoops. The kids that are yeah. getting trained by Blake can 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 learn something about about how to balance yeah. their academics and their and their playing career because that's that's sort of the yeah. most important thing. Got to stay eligible. Got to have got to have options. Yeah. You know, um, that's huge. But but now of course you're playing overseas. You mentioned yes, um, played in the Czech National Basketball League last year, and this this season yeah. you're playing for Team Fog Nastved in Denmark. Um, yes, so far, you're killing it. The team is five and one this year. Yeah. Um, you're third on the team with 19.2 points per game to go along with your five boards, six assists, and almost two steals per game, which has been a staple yeah. for you throughout college. It was like 1.4 yeah. pretty consistently. And you're shooting yeah. almost 60% from the field, 59%. Um, yeah. so, so big shout out to you there. Um, the, the first question we've got for you on, on this sort of playing overseas oh, front boy. is like, what was it like? Uh, moving to to work overseas uh, in, yeah. in a country that's like far away from home. You made the jump from <laughs> North Carolina to Texas, but but yeah. North Carolina to the Czech Republic and now Denmark is obviously yeah. a, 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 an even bigger jump than that. So was it intimidating? Has it been difficult? Um, tell us a little about what it was like yeah. moving over there. I think it's a it's a big adjustment for anyone. It's never easy coming to a foreign country, but I will say compared to like being in the Czech and have coming to Denmark, I have a little perspective for my second season. Um, Denmark is a really nice country. Uh, so, and then a lot of people speak English. I think that makes it super simple. You know, they have the Danish language, but a lot of people speak English, which makes it uh, a little easier to kind of transition and live. But um, the living here is nice. And I know for me, just you get the opportunity to play basketball for a living, man. It's honestly a blessing. And it's so fun, man, because each day I wake up and I just work on my game. It's, it's, it's like the best part, but, I think it's, it's always a, a stepping stone for me. Like being away from home is tough. Being on different time zone, like we when we coordinated talking this, you know, we had to figure out the time and different things. And um, it, it's just tough, you know. You want to stay connected with things going back home, but really, I think I just embrace it as like just enjoying being out here because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to be in this country. Like, who knows if I didn't play basketball, would I ever have seen Denmark or been here? And it's like now I'm here visiting Copenhagen, checking out all the different cities and seeing what it's all about. Going to Germany and it's like. Man, it's cool, you know. So I, I've been enjoying that. And then basketball wise, you know, we have a really good group this year, and um, we have we have a lot of um, ambitious goals, and we're just putting in the um, work every day, you know, just kind of accomplish those things, taking a day at a time. But for me, like as a player, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. You know, adjusting to the European style of basketball, it's, it is different than American basketball, and um, 
as like a player who's come out here, you have different expectations versus um, even as a professional, you have different expectations versus being in the collegiate ranks. But then just coming out here, I think after my period of, you know, just up and down, figuring out, trying to figure out what type of player I'd be, what is my role, what could I do? Um, I, I think it's been, um, it's been good. It's been a good transition for me, but it is really tough, you know, just being away from home, being in a new country. Sometimes you get uncomfortable. Sometimes you might get, I don't know, bored, you know, because you're always worried about what's next. And it's like life in Europe is a lot different than life in the States, you know, but I, I enjoy it. And uh, I've had a really good time doing it so far, for sure. What's the uh, makeup of your roster <laughs> nationality wise? Man, we have a very uh, import heavy team here. Uh, we have one teammate, Mike McGurl. He's from Kansas State, so he's American. We probably have four four Americans, one guy who's American slash um, Caribbean, so he's technically American. So, we, And then we have like four or five Danish guys. Interesting. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty heavy um, import team. So guys that come from America or different places come play here. And, uh, yeah, we have a good team, man. We got a lot of talent and uh, – I noticed also, I think the oldest player in your team is only 27 years old. So we're young. You're you're 23, I believe. So, so how, what's it like playing with, with guys kind of at your own age, like kind of growing, growing as a team every day? It's really crazy because the team I was on last year, we had a lot of older guys. Like I had a guy that was like 35, like guys, there's like, those guys have families and different things. Like our, mm. our uh, relationships are like different versus when I have guys around my age, you know, we all have similar interests, similar like kind of places in our life. And it's kind of fun to like figure this whole professional market out in the same, like same space where we, I don't know, however many years removed from college and now we're just playing for a living. And so it was cool. And um, it kind of gives you like kind of college feel vibes. We're like, Hey, I was just playing. Like he was just in college two years ago too, you know? So it's, it's cool, and then, but it's like it's a lot of young energy. You know, everybody's excited about every day. You know, everybody's youthful. Everybody's bringing a lot of joy to playing. So that's fun for me. You know, I I, I really enjoy the I enjoy playing basketball at any level. Just being able to go on just court and just shoot around is like fun to me. So, um, but yeah, it's been good. And it's kind of crazy that we have a young team, um, but we got a lot of talent. We're still learning. You know, every every day and every game is like a step for us learning to grow about who we are, how we need to play, and how we can have the most success. Um, but yeah, just for uh, sure. just for our edification, like how does the the Czech league or the or the Denmark league fit yeah. into like the whole <laughs> European like stuff yeah. like hierarchy? So man, it's a why well, I, I don't know a hundred percent, but I can tell you what mm-hmm. I, the information I've gathered and like the crazy part about playing in Europe is like when you play against a guy, you get so much information for like other Americans on the teams you play against because they played in X amount of places they might have played in. I don't know, but basically each um, each country, not every country, but a lot of the top bigger countries have a domestic league, so a league that plays within their nation. So so far, I've only played with teams on domestic leagues. So the Czech league has teams that play only in the Czech Republic, and the Denmark teams have teams playing in Denmark. But typically, the top teams in the leagues or like the the best teams in the leagues play international competition. So like Champions League, Euro League, Euro Cup. Those were so basically those Euro leagues are made of the best teams from different countries. So they travel across Europe to play each other, and that's how it's set up. Could that be you guys? No, unfortunately, I'm not on a – we're not there yet. If we have enough success, we're able to qualify and may have an opportunity to play in that. But right now, that's a goal for the club is to get there. But I think, like, that level is – I mean, that's that's ultimately what you strive for. And when your team – the club you have has a lot of success, that's when you play in those leagues. And so it's really cool that – I mean, hopefully, you know, you'll be there sooner or later. And then 
it's really cool to see how it works out because those you get to travel to so many different countries just to play against other teams and you get a lot of exposure a lot of different people get to see your game and so that's really cool but like and of course each domestic league is there's not really a real ranking on the domestic leagues but you know there's like bigger countries typically have yeah. bigger bigger leagues bigger budgets and different things like that so yeah do you have any thoughts on um because adam silver recently said something about like hey we want to prevent tanking so we're gonna consider relegation for the the g league like for the lowest team in the nba down the g league seeing how that play like do you think that's realistic at all in the u.s (laughs) because it's they've got it down in europe but yeah no they have it in europe and a lot of domestic leagues like the czech republic i was in had the relegation where like the work the bottom two teams go to the league below because there's so many teams. I don't know what the talent level like. Would a, a G League team you to be able to play against like an NBA team? Because and then like I don't know. Like it sounds like a good idea because you you want like every team to compete every night. You don't want them intentionally sitting out their players because like fans buy tickets to go see like if I'm going to see the Lakers like I want to see every single person play even Russell Westbrook. I want to see them play. You know I don't want to just watch guys I don't know. You know so. Even Jay Huff. Yeah, I need Jay. I give Jay a call up, man. Yeah, I want to see Jay play. Like, he's a beast, man. But I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a, it's a good idea. And they do do it in a lot of countries, even like the top countries. They do it in soccer. Like, they do it in like the highest levels of, of professional soccer in Europe. Like, with the like top clubs, they have a lot of money. If they're not playing well enough. They move to the league below. But the NBA and G League is like, they're two different beasts, man. I, I don't know. I. <laughs> I think in theory it sounds nice, but like imagine the Warriors playing against the the what is it the green the Swarm Delaware Blue Coats. Yeah, the Delaware Blue Coats. That's just like <laughs> facilities wise, like I don't know, talent wise, like roster makeup, budget. That's just like the budget is literally night and day, you know. So it's kind of yeah, it's insane. So I don't know. Um, yeah, imagine well, having a, an NBA team in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, too, like. It would be yeah, reaching I mean, a whole new market. They would tap into a whole new market, man. I don't know if the NBA players would be happy to keep flying out there, though. Seriously. Yeah. Damn, bro. Um, but one more question about about playing abroad. Um, like, if you could take us to anywhere, we're visiting you in Denmark, or we're visiting you in in the Czech Republic. Where, like, where are you taking us to, and what are we doing? Uh, that's like that's like a cultural thing there. Dude, okay. I'll go back to Czech Republic. There's two places, like two cities I love so far. If I was in Czech, I'm taking to Prague. I love the city of Prague is amazing, man. Like I actually didn't know too much about it, but it's one of the best like cities in all of Europe. Like in the Czech Republic. Like it's so much like it looks European, but it's a huge city. Like it, it's like New York. Like it's crazy. It's so many people, it's lively. And like I was there on Easter, I was there like all throughout the year. And so you can go see like the Prague um cathedral, you can go see like these different bridges and waterways. They have so much of like the original architecture there. So I would definitely stay there. And then right now I've been uh, I've been to Copenhagen a few times. And Copenhagen is really nice. There's so many different like museums, different things to do there. And so it's just like, I mean, when it's a big city, but it just it doesn't look the same as like an American big city. It's like this is so European just looking at it. But um, yeah, those those two places I would say. Prague, I know my my brother was there this summer, and and he said that was his favorite. So, but for his favorite city, he's like yeah. pretty much ever been to. And and one of the cool things about it is during World War II, Prague wasn't bombed the same way that a lot of cities throughout Europe yeah, were. So crazy. the original, the original, you mentioned the original yeah. architecture, but you have like the same castles and whatever that were there like centuries ago have have exactly. stood strong, whereas a lot of cities throughout Europe have were kind of decimated and built yeah. back up since the forties. So 
pretty incredible. That's that's yeah. definitely on my bucket list to go both those places. But especially, oh, man, you'll Rock. love it, man. You'll love it, and it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot cheaper there than America. So you guys, yeah, you, have a, you can get a hotel <laughs> for uh, a really nice hotel for very little. So it's nice. Hell yeah. And then the difference between those two teams from moving the Czech Republic to Denmark, what was it that made you want to, to, to move over to the other, to the other league? I mean, you always want to push yourself and find, continue to find like a competition and uh, really just situation wise, you know, each year the team situation changes. And so for me, this situation, the team went now, I mean, it was a good fit basketball wise, living wise, and just everything kind of clicked. And so when the opportunity came, I was like, got to uh, take advantage of it so i'm excited it's been working out so far i've been enjoying it um and like everything i expected has been that and more so uh, that's kind of why and um as you, you play you want to keep working your way up and just you want to enjoy the experience and you want to be in a good situation and this the situation presented itself and i really took advantage of it for sure but i did enjoy my time in the Czech Republic, and uh, i had a really good relationship with the club with the people with the team and so yeah for sure and and like I said before, you're only 23. So I'm kind of curious, yeah. where do you hope now that, that basketball will take you from here? Like, do you hope that you're going to kind of keep getting to travel the world and getting to see different different yeah. parts of Europe? Do you hope to, like, stick with this one club in Denmark and hopefully make it to that yeah. international competition you mentioned? Tell yeah. us about sort of, like, what's what's next? What are your goals from here? Man, I'm going to be honest. Dude, I take it a day at a time. Like, mm. my goals are just – play basketball as long as my body will allow me to play and you know, try to make a career out of it and see how much I can do because this is like a once a lifetime opportunity you know once you once you finish playing you're done playing and you have to you know live life and do it whatever all my other goals that I have but for right now it's just kind of just seeing where it takes you and then like I look at I take it a year at a time you know after this season you have to reevaluate you have this you have the meetings you have to talk to everybody with the team same way we did in the university you have to talk with the coach talk with the GMs and everything well, we didn't talk to GMs at university, but we talked to GMs. You had a conversation, and then we figured things out. But I'm just excited to be here this year, and, like, I'm looking forward to making the most out of the opportunity. But, of course, I want to get to the highest level of basketball I can play. You know, if you get an opportunity to play in the NBA, get an opportunity to come back to the States, like, man, you would love that. I would take it and run with it. Um, but just really just going with it and playing really high-level basketball and just being becoming a better player every single day. That's my goal for sure. And, and you, you never know where that goes, man, for me at least. As you do that, what's the what's the sort of part of your game that you're still working on the most every day? Like, what's what's yes. the area of improvement that you're focusing on the most right now? I think a lot of it's just like learning uh, who I want to be as a professional. Like, mm. I do score the ball really well, but I also do a lot of other things. I rebounded, I pass it really well. Um, and I just learning the game. I think just continuing to learn my IQ because it's a different way of play out here and different reads and there are different like decisions that you can make on the court that in Americans like it's like. I don't know, like in the NBA, you may have defense three seconds where the defense against center the paint. So when you drive to the basket, you have more opportunity, more time versus in Europe, guys really sit in the paint. They're waiting for you. So it's different decisions you make. So like learning about the game and really being able to be more efficient and then continue to just get my shot. So, I mean, I, until I'm shooting perfect, you know, you always can work on that. And so that, that's really where I'm at and just continue to grow. I mean, we're already super confident, but continue to just – get our reps and put in the work and um, just learning about the game. So it's kind of just like film, studying and learning, and then just getting reps on shooting and just attacking and learn different ways to score. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's, that's so amazing. And then uh, yeah. just like our, our last question, we, we like to ask this now. Um, shout out to Olivier Saar, uh, uh, who, 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 who kind of proposed this question and answered it. So we always yeah. like to give him a shout out. Um, 
you you know you're traveling the world to pursue this this love of basketball making it a career trying to prolong it based off of like hours and hours and hours of work like you worked harder at basketball than most yeah. people work at anything um yeah. what is your why it, it can be yeah. it can be a person it can be an ideology it can be yeah. a value what is your why for why you do all this yeah, honestly, man, I'm blessed, man. It's God-given talent, and, like, I don't take any credit for it. I mean, I think just every day I want to be the best version of myself. Uh, that's kind of how I look at things. Like, I, I, I do it just because my parents instill a lot of hard work and a lot of um, just resilience in my that's like my character. And so, like, when I put my mind to the fact that I want to play basketball, I think every day, like, I just want to be the best version of myself. Like, that's really why I play. Like, I, I got to play, like, because of like, the talent I've been, like, a, a, a gift I've been blessed with, but, like, I just play because I want to be the best version of me and I can just be proud with that, you know, but I really give it all I have and then just take it from there. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. Like I don't do it so that people can be like, so I can say like, Oh man, I play basketball. I do it because like, I love to play it and I just want to really maximize who I am as a player. You know, I try to, I try to approach everything I do with the same mentality too, is you, you roll out of bed and why not be the best, the best version of yourself that you can be. So, that, so I, I, I resonate a lot with that. Yeah. I will say this, though, like, a important quote that I learned that I think, like, maybe you can, I would love this message to be shared to kids. Like, anybody's, like, every day, give your very best, but your best isn't the same every day, you know? Hmm. I think that's really true. Like, because, like, the best version of me isn't the same day on Monday and Tuesday. It could be really good both days, but it's, like, you know, so, like, you can't be too hard on yourself when things, when you feel like, oh, man, like, why am I not performing the same? It's, like, just give your best every single day and your best might not be the same as it was other days, but don't be too hard on yourself. So that's something I live by too. Also, just think about that. Just fall in love with the process let the results exactly. fall where they may. Like, yeah. Cause like the biggest thing is like more than anything, you're going to, the process is the whole part of like the journey. Like you can't just worry about the final part. Cause like to get there, you have to go through the practices, the training, like lifting, like that's the best part. Like that's the most enjoyable part because without that, you want to get there. You want to get to the final uh end goal you know yeah man Dude, that's 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 awesome uh lastly before we wrap this up uh anything else you would like to say or let us know or let let the viewers know man it's been a good part it's, it's really nice to meet you guys talk to you guys i mean for me it's just like whatever you got whatever the listeners whatever you want to do just chase it pursue it with passion right now i'm just pursuing my passion and just living life every day and just giving it my all and like take everything a day at a time because you never know what tomorrow brings. And so, cause tomorrow is never promised. All we know is what we have, what opportunity we have right in front of us. And that's all we can really uh, capitalize on. But yeah, man, I really enjoyed talking to you guys for sure, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much again for coming on, Ian. Um, it's been a good episode. I really appreciate all your insights and, and hearing about your experience. Of course. Man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space the Floor podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, we're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you guys next time. Peace.